Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Ice Cream Lords here on Monday, the 21st of August. Yes, you did just catch me looking down at what today's date is. Again, we mention it every single time that we end up doing this podcast, but this year has literally flown by like that. I don't know whether or not it's because I've got a child now and every single day seems to merge into another, but it's just, it's chaos. Like it, it feels like you probably go to sleep for like three hours and like four days have gone past. Uh, but yes, it is the 21st of August. Your eyes and ears do not deceive you. Welcome to I Scream Uploads live over on twitch.tv forward slash I Scream Uploads, obviously. And we go live each and every single weekday at 10 a.m. Ish. Now that's my slack that you're hearing. So give me two seconds and I can get rid of that. Um, there we go. So you're not going to wave anymore noises you might hear a whatsapp one come through who who even cares i mean that might be like a phantom notification for you to look at your own i don't know who knows but yes again as mentioned we go live each and every single weekday as it is monday this week now you're probably thinking where's graham he is currently in the air on his way over to Germany for our Gamescom this week which means that the chances are there won't be as many scoops as there usually is I know what you're going to say. There hasn't been that many in the last three weeks or so. Understandable. We do say that it goes live each and every single weekday. And that is definitely our intention. But at this moment in time, we are coming into crazy time throughout the video games industry, which is obviously an industry that we work in. So between probably like June and middle of October, it's just absolute chaos. It's carnage. We've got clients coming through asking us to help obviously promote their stuff, which is what we do on a daily basis. Um, so there is all hands on deck at this moment in time, which is obviously why you're not seeing Graham here. They've sent out the A team. You're left with the Z team, which is me. Um, so I will try my best this week to try and give you at least three Tuesday and Thursday when I am in the office. It's highly unlikely that we will be able to give you any content at this moment in time because we have got a load of new kit in there. Stuff that you won't visually be able to see because it's not something that you'll see in front of the camera, but you may have already uh, noticed that we have changed our mics up. So at home, we use the Elgato Wavelink, which Graham now uses the Logitech Blue Sonar. Um, you get 10% off in the, in the checkout if you use the code ice cream, by the way. Um, and then we have Shaw mics in the studio with a massive mixing table um, that you'd usually see at like a music concert where someone doing the sound control and stuff like that. We have all of that technology. However, we aren't using it as efficient as we would usually or like to be able to do. Um, so we have got a load of new equipment in to try and get the mic sounding as crisp as possible because we, I uh, don't know if you've noticed, but we actually rent out our studio to other clients as well. So we want to try and make it be as perfect and professional as possible. And that is what we are in the process of doing at this moment in time. So Tuesday and Thursday this week, chances are, you ain't going to get anything because I will be sorting out the studio. Next time you do hear us in the studio, though, you're going to hear us sounding the crispest, probably have the best podcast, you know, in Bosnia <laughs> and Herzegovina because we are number one over there at this moment in time, as we have been told many times by people from over there. Um, so, yeah, you're not going to see anything. So when I'm at home this week, which is going to be Monday and Friday, I will do my best to try and give you uh, some content. Obviously, Graham would usually be doing that from home on Wednesday. He isn't going to be at home, so it makes that obviously a lot more difficult for me to be able to do it because I ain't going to be at home either. Um, so I will try to give you at least two episodes. If I can get it sorted out tomorrow, maybe get something on Wednesday, but definitely not Thursday as we have a lot of calls already scheduled. And so I do apologize. Anyway, enough 
of that stuff out of the way. I have got, I have reached out to JMK this morning because he did win our COD point giveaway over on Friday. So thank you very much for everyone who managed to get involved with that. I have reached out to him. I'm trying to find out what console that he had it for. I'm fairly certain during the stream, he said it was PlayStation, but I wanted to be 100% sure. Bullshit. Rigged. Rigged. Uh, I wanted to be sure before, obviously, I, I do send it over to the COD, uh, COD UK. Again, thanks to those guys over there for trusting us to be able to give something back to you guys. It's it's amazing because we don't tend to take a lot of sponsorships and partnerships and things like that without the thought of being able to give stuff back to you guys. So that is the reason why you end up seeing stuff, us talking about Call of Duty, like Insert Coin, like GT Omega, like Astro, because they give us a lot of stuff to give away to you guys, which is the... the it's community first in our opinion, which is we could have a million and one different brand deals at this moment in time. A lots of different brands have reached over to us, especially in the last 18 months to be able to try and partner up. And it's just a lot of the times it's not something that's going to work out. It would be nice and easy to try and take the payday for it. But ultimately what it comes down to is, are we going to get something for you guys? It's all well and good having all of these cool things in my room, but that doesn't mean anything to you guys. So us being able to give away Astro headsets, giving away coin codes and things like that insert coin bundles whatever it might be having a super luxurious discount to go along alongside those things as well it obviously makes our life a lot easier to be able to say hey guys go over and get this stuff because it will you know get you a lot of money off so yeah it's always nice to be able to do that uh tito says i'm 90 percent sure it was playstation because always ask for playstation plus command if you can get some partnership get uh, with xbox stuff please i mean that is something that we would actually ideally like to be able to do have brand partnerships with the likes of sony and xbox not in maybe not in terms of a high level tier one partnership which obviously we do already have with the likes of insert coin gt mega racing uh and astro oh, obviously now logitech um I'd love to be able to have those type, even if it's like a two, tier two or tier three type partnership, but I don't think we are their target audience for that kind of stuff because obviously we have this podcast here that we end up talking about and we end up talking about a lot of shortcomings in the video game uh, realm and I don't know whether or not that that would be viable for us because of the job we actually do at Jelly Media. So yeah, it's sometimes it's about treading the line and it would be amazing to be able to work with PlayStation and Xbox, but I don't think it would be on an ice cream capacity. I feel like that might be a major conflict of interest, which is obviously what we try to balance between Ice Cream Uploads and Jelly Media. So yeah, having something like Xbox and Sony would be like amazing but it probably wouldn't be like a tier one partnership if that was the case it might just be something where we have loads of games to give away um and then we're able to do that um but yeah uh, we obviously we do have a lot of partnerships with video game brands which is obviously why if you're not in our discord it would be a good opportunity for you to be able to jump into there because we do get a lot of codes from publishers who want to be able to give us stuff and we say have you got five of them to give us and they go do you know what yes we have and then we throw the codes into the discord that we no longer use uh, that we don't need or that we have excess of. So it's it's always amazing to be able to have those kind of discussions. And it's usually at a brand level rather than like a publisher level, um, like first party Xbox and PlayStation. So yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have those conversations and it's nice that we are in those conversations regardless of whether or not it's at a professional level with Jelly Media or Ice Cream. A lot of people are seeing Ice Cream as like... Um, Without, it sounds super egotistical and stuff like that, but a responsible kind of brand 
in terms of we are very well balanced. I mean, Tito will definitely say that we lean towards PlayStation, which I've got no objections in saying that. My ecosystem has been with PlayStation since PlayStation 4. Previously, it was the Xbox 360. It's not my fault that the Xbox One wasn't the kind of system that I wanted at the time. I would have been perfectly happy to translate from 360 over to Xbox One. It just didn't meet my needs and requirements at the times compared to what Sony did. That's neither here nor there. My ecosystem is definitely on the PlayStation side of things. Um, but I feel like we are a trusted brand in terms of voice and opinion, um, not just because of what me and Graham do, but the way that we include you guys in that as well. Like We have got a lot of brands that have come into our Discord and taken um, taken the, the, the temperature of the room, shall we say, and say that we aren't just two guys that'll just say outrageous things for the sake of it. It's, it's usually a well-balanced uh, and factual backup shall we say like it's well researched it's opinions that aren't too left field for the sake of saying them do you know what i mean um but yeah it's it's nice to see that we are starting to build a lot more traction brands are trusting us with their brand and what we end up putting it out there so yeah it's we've got a long way to go yeah we have got a long way the the ice cream uploads is still in its infancy in terms of where we sit in the video game landscape like we do have a website we never talk about it because we just don't have enough content to be able to delve into it like it's lucky that me and graham are able to spend an hour and a half of our day being able to put this stuff together which is obviously why you don't see content left right and center it would be amazing if we had somebody else to help us put put all of that stuff together as well so we don't have to spend as much time uh building all of this kind of stuff out and just create content do video game reviews and things like that it's definitely something that we are aiming for in the future but ultimately jelly media is the guy are the guys that pay our bills and that's exactly what we need to do jelly media is flying at this moment in time in terms of what we have under our belt so spending a stupid amount of time on ice cream uploads doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of things. But what we are putting out there, I, I, I want to say, is quality content uh, rather than it being quantity, one upload a day kind of thing. The the stuff that we're putting out there is decent enough quality for me to be extremely happy with. Like we're changing our branding. We are changing the way that we do our thumbnails and things like that. So you will see small things changing few and far between but we'll get there we'll get there uh shales is in here as well that guy when you're talking about retro pez and what he does there's uh, there's a group of five or six of us and shales is definitely in the 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 conversation of tier one pez content creators in my opinion especially when it comes down to the retro stuff because that's essentially what it all boils down to for me i love having that retro console so i do appreciate you sticking in here uh shales absolute legend uh, ad says rome wasn't built in a day i know and this is a case now where we've been at this now for about six years and again it's still in its infancy um we've got a long way to be able to go yet but you never know at some point it might end up being a full-time job for me and graham and being able to go into the studio and going right we've got a two-week schedule here what are we going to be able to do can we review this can we spend eight hours playing this to give a full detailed review and be able to talk about that with you guys that would be our ultimate goal getting stuff in reviewing it sending it out and giving you guys uh, an opinion on it but that is a long time off and I'm happy with that because the stuff that we're doing at Jelly, I'd love to be able to tell you every single detail because it is life-changing stuff for me, especially as a, an ex-community manager, uh, manager, uh, member. It's seeing it from the other side and perspective like I was when I was in the PES community and then I was the guy that was putting the tournaments together once upon a time. That kind of stuff, that's that's dream stuff. And I've, I feel like I've achieved more than I ever thought I would and I'm still going. 
I'm assuming that's probably the same, the same for you guys that are uh, maybe not in the video game world, but are in your normal everyday lives. Like you're at a position now that you never thought you'd be. Um, and you just got to keep on going, innit? The stream time today suits me. I like these later ones. Well, on a, on a Monday, it's, we, we do say it's like 10 a.m., but we have a load of calls from like half past 10 to three o'clock or maybe till half past three we have calls constantly like back to back so we don't we, we don't have time in between to be able to do them so usually it's about half past three four o'clock when we go live uh on a monday now i feel like i'm taking up uh, how long we've we been live now 22 minutes barring the balls up we've probably been live about 12 13 minutes of this podcast so what i'm going to do is i'm going to jump into our first news story today for you guys i've obviously seen this and come through onto social from social media very much appreciate that thank you very much for sticking around um but our lead story today is regarding the backlash that people have had from uh, well to Bethesda about their splash screen of all things in the world um based by the way on an embargo break yeah, so we're going to talk about embargo breaks. Uh, it's probably something that you guys may be familiar with if you've been around the video game landscape uh, or you've had to write them up yourself. Embargo breaks usually cause disruption, not just for the brand, but the person who's heading it up. So yeah, we'll jump onto that. We do have some Overwatch 2 news as well, and as well as finally, we've only got three news stories today. I said usually it's a dollop when only one of us are doing it, so you're going to get that in a nice, small, compact podcast today, maybe about an hour, uh, sorry, half an hour, 40 minutes or so. Um, but for you guys that are older than the age of 25 and have played games all of your life, you may remember a little-known game back in the day called Delta Force. They are making a comeback, and it was a game that I actually played way back in the day over on PC. It was one of the few PC games that I was able to run way back when. Um, but jumping into our first news, uh, news article of today then. Written over on Eurogamer uh, by Vicky Blake, the legend that is Vicky Blake. Um, she states that Bethesda's head of publishing hits back at Starfield's start scream criticism. Questioning out a developer's care is a highly unprofessional coming from another dev. So Bethesda's head of publishing, Pete Hines, hits back at criticism that labelled Starfield's start, start scream as being designed a passionate team overworked and a team that didn't care. Former Blizzard developer Mark Keen, uh, sorry, Mark Kern, tw uh, tweeted a screenshot of Starfield's start screen saying that the physiognomy, the physiognomy, oh God, uh, of a start screen, the start screen of a game can reveal a lot about how rushed the team was and how much pride that they have taken in their work. Starfield's start screen either shows a hasty shipping deadline by a passionate team overworked or a team that just didn't care. Start screens are often done at the very end of development. Teams are too busy making the core game, so it's quite common for the start screen to completely change once that the game has uh, been shipped on patch zero. One second. That is my emails going off. So give me a second. There we go. You shouldn't hear any more of that now. I do apologize. Teams that take pride and want to put a face forward will often then redo these just prior to a game going live, Kern's comment concluded. Uh, and then you can see a tweet embedded right here that says, uh, from Jasim, hey, CDDCon, next time that you and the lovely folks over at BGS, instead of rushing to make a game with many systems, factions, choices, and ways to play, I would urge you to only focus on the title screen so you guys won't appear to be hasty or simply didn't care. Uh, and then Pete Hines uh, replies, are they designed what they wanted to and it's been on our menu for years as one of the first things that we settled on having an opinion is one thing questioning out a developer's care because you wouldn't have done it different is highly unprofessional coming from another dev 
Hines responded to the accusations earlier today, insisting that it had been the game's menu for years and was one of the first things that the team settled on. Having an opinion is one thing, questioning that developers care because you would have done it different. So this is what we just went through anyway, um, but it will have it again. It is highly unprofessional coming from another dev, Hines added. At the time of writing, Kern has yet to acknowledge Hines' response, but has replied to several commenters who took the umbrage with his statement. In related news, the full Starfield achievement list is readily leaked online. We don't have to go into all of that stuff. It's stuff that we have covered previously, as well as how big that the games obviously will be when they end up coming out. Um, on PC, the game will be 140 gigabyte. For console, you're looking between 100 and 120 gigabyte for when the game comes out so listen first impressions matter when it comes to video games the from the minute you boot it on whether or not it's uh and this is do you know what having someone like wobbles in it we take the piss out of him a lot i don't know whether or not he's in here now i know he was streaming this morning but we do take the piss out of wobbles a lot he, he encourages it more often than not um he likes to clap back which we have uh, all of us love that kind of stuff, but he is the one, in my opinion, that's brought to me a lot of disability accessible settings. Like when I started the Division 2, again, on my PlayStation 5 not long ago, I made sure that I had my disability settings kind of ramped up. Obviously, my eyesight isn't getting any better. Obviously, you guys will have seen um, me start to wear glasses recently but i was born with a left eye that wasn't the best i had to have the muscles tightened up in it it's something called brown syndrome where your eye starts to um, your pupil starts to move from one side to the other it'll either vibrate very fast or just start to wander obviously i had that sorted out when i was very very young i had to wear patches for like two years of my, my, my life on my good eye to try and make my my left one better it's got progressively worse as you go older as your eyes tend to do anyway so that kind of stuff has started to move into my everyday life anyway. But in terms of what Wobbles has obviously brought forward to me, because he hit, he, I do consider him a close friend now. So we play games every single Friday. I speak to him more often than not. So having someone that's around me with those kind of ideas of how to make things better, you've probably seen when we tweet a picture, if it's not already in the text, like the COD one, for instance, I've started to do alt text for some, not all. I do forget from time to time, but I've started to put alt text on some of the stuff that we end up tweeting out just because this kind of thing around me now is like, okay, well, I might as well start to be a little bit more including because why not? It doesn't take any more time out of my day. It's usually just a couple more words that are being put onto stuff. So starting to take care of things like that around it. I have noticed when he was tweeting about it the other day that it does seem that the start screen doesn't look very appealing for people with access uh, uh, with limited accessibility whether or not it's through eyes or however it is that most people play video games who are severely disabled those kind of things now are starting to creep into my everyday consciousness as it probably should do that's the whole point of it they were starting to get in these settings to be able to make everybody's life a lot easier so it doesn't look very appealing however it I, I genuinely thought before reading this article that it was just a dummy one. You will probably, if you've ever played previews of games before behind closed doors, the start screen and things like that, they're not usually finalized, as it mentioned in this article, before going gold or before the game comes out in like a day one patch or something. It appears that they've settled on this a long time ago. So I hope that when the first time that the game ends up booting up, you can go into the options, you can make the text a lot bigger, you can make the, uh, the rectangle that goes in the middle of the screen, maybe a different color if it doesn't suit people's uh, vision things like that are very small things that developers can probably easily fix 
again quite easily but there seems to be things that are overlooked now and again because it's the general conscious uh, consciousness of my everyday life it's becoming a little easier to be able to spot these things from a mile off so hopefully these kind of things will get sorted out but in terms of them hitting back it i'm not going to say they've gone into some sort of cover mode they've not gone into um some sort of crisis aversion mode i believe that they're probably happy with what it looks like now it doesn't look the best to me as it at this moment in time but maybe they'll end up rectifying whatever it is um, that they don't deem acceptable or they do seem acceptable and they're just going to leave it as it is but um I, I I don't like I usually don't like devs going after other devs because usually it ends up coming back with a little bit of egg on your face, especially in this instance. So we'll have to wait and see what that ends up having happening with this and how. Um, I mean, it could be something or nothing. When the game boots up and you're able to go into your options, you could get it all changed, and then it doesn't harm anybody. It's just not when you first boot up. Obviously, the computer doesn't know what your settings are unless you've got your home screen set uh, to a specific thing, and you can potentially it just goes into the games i don't think that's the case though i'm guessing it's not like a global setting it's something that you have to do for each and every game again i'm not at that point where i would need to have everything on large fonts and things i'm definitely getting there it used to be on quite small i didn't used to like having all of that stuff however i have played games with audio descriptions on forever like as soon as audio descriptions was a thing in video games I tend to have it on because there might be a conversation that's happening in the background of a game, a cutscene or something that you don't necessarily hear, but it's always nice to hear what is going on. And usually it's been programmed into the, into the audio description. So that's always good. Um, but I suppose we'll have to wait and see this game isn't far off, uh, coming out. So we aren't, we don't have to wonder what it's going to be like for much longer. Um, I see Shales is in the stream time, so it's me, I've already been through that. Uh, Ad says, I'm currently watching uh, DNA's current, uh, you're watching Shales' current Master League. I uh, love episode one, he played Celtic. Um, Delta Force, no way, says Ads. I remember Delta Force, played a lot of Delta Force too. Uh, good old dial-up internet and online gaming, yeah man. Uh, so Tito says, I look at Fallout games and their start screens were minimalistic, wonder if it's a design to identify that stick out with caught for consistency. You know, that's that you bang on the money there when it comes to things like skyrim it just literally had the skyrim logo on the screen and then had uh new game options mods and uh continue if you'd already started a game like it was so basic but it, when it comes down to first impressions i understand what people are talking about but as bethesda games which obviously this is they don't tend to go over the top with start screens. I saw, I saw someone in response uh, earlier on saying um, there's been so much start screen controversy regarding Starfield that here's the best one of all time. And it was Black Ops 1 when it had the TV and then some stuff playing in the background on other TVs inside what I think it was like a hospital, uh, a, a rundown hospital room or something. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, it's stuff like that. It, it, it's neither here nor there. So long, as long as they do have that sort of accessible scaling, uh, and the game is an absolute banger, I'm not going to say they obviously. I don't say they don't care enough to create a start screen, so the game is going to be absolute shit. We also we all know that that isn't the case. Do I think that the game is going to be buggy as shit when the game comes out? Absolutely. I don't think there's ever been a Bethesda game that has released that has been an absolute banger from day one. I genuinely can't remember the last time like Fallout Three disgusting mess fallout 4 disgusting mess uh new vegas disgusting mess give it a month or so and the game is an absolute banger skyrim how many versions of that have we seen and a lot of the time it still glitches out and stuff but one of the best games if not the best game of all time so they have got form for release I mean, doom 
Doom. Was that a bad one? I think the, the original Doom was okay and released. Did Eternal have problems? I can't remember. In fact, the original Doom might have had some sort of save data corruption. I can't remember. But um, yeah, Bethesda's don't usually have the best start. Um, the day one patches don't tend to sort everything out, but anyway. Uh, also, is the space vast and unpopulated? Does that reflect the universe? Big brain stuff there, Tito. Anyway. Anyway, moving swiftly on. We've got some Overwatch 2 news. I'm going to deliver to you right now. So written on VGC by Chris Scullion, he goes on to say that Overwatch's two director addresses review bombing on Steam. So Aaron Keller acknowledges that many negative reviews are due to cancelled PvE content. Uh, the game launched on Steam last Thursday, and at the time of writing, it just passed 150 user, uh, sorry, 150,000 user reviews. That's definitely a, a, a slip on my end, uh, which Steam says are overwhelmingly negative. Steam stats say that only around 9% of the user submitted reviews are positive, with many players taking the opportunity to criticize the game's free-to-play structure and its ditching of the much-hyped hero missions. In a post on the Overwatch blog, Aaron Keller acknowledged the response and says that he understands the reasoning behind it. And this is a quote, We also launched on Steam last week, and although being review-bombed isn't the fun experience, it's also great to see lots of new players jump into Overwatch 2 for the first time. Keller wrote, our goal with Overwatch 2 has been made to, sorry, has been made to the game more accessible than ever before with to more people than ever before. Many of the reviews on Steam mention the cancellation of the much larger component of the PVE that was announced in 2019 of one of their main, uh, their main primary reasons for dissatisfaction with the game. And I get that. That announcement was about an ambitious project that we ultimately couldn't deliver. After conceding that the hero missions were beyond the capabilities of the team, Keller stated that the plan remains to continue improving the game in hope that fans will be won over. If we can't turn back the clock, then what can we do? He wrote, we can keep, uh, sorry, we can keep adding and improving to Overwatch 2. And that is how we move forward. This means more maps, heroes, game modes, mission stories, and cool cosmetics plus features and an ever expanding, evolving and improving game. This is the future of Overwatch. One way we will continuously create and innovate on what is making the game great. For now, the players who are playing at this moment. Overwatch 2, the first of a selection of games, Blizzard, uh, entertainment plans to release on steam players still need to be collected connected to battle.net account order to play the game as it case on all platforms which blizzard says enables features like crossplay which is a lot of the times true as well so sorry about that because uh, i'm constantly talking my mouth is getting dry and it's bad hot in here as well sorry that's not proper english it's really hot in here um, a man unit. i just went full mank then i do apologize um, so it looks like we're going to get some more Overwatch controversy. I mean, it's, it is a bit of a ball drop how, not having stuff like this because I'm fairly certain that this is probably one of the reasons why they moved from Overwatch 1 into Overwatch 2 as well, having stuff like the PvE content going in the game. So a lot of people who obviously was heavily relying on that kind of content is no longer in the game or isn't going to be in the game because they just can't do it. According to him, him and his team can't genuinely do it. They've tried their best to try and put this to make the game work. What's the point in adding something to the game if the whole game breaks? There's no point. So they've acknowledged it. It wouldn't surprise me if they were still working on this in the background and at some point they might end up shadow dropping it and just say, we fixed it, it's compatible, it works, the whole game works, bosh. 
there's your PV campaign to go alongside it. Um, I wouldn't hold my breath at this moment in time. It probably is quite a way out if that is still the case. I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, having a big user uh, user bomb on this saying overwhelmingly negative, that'll change. There's so many people out there that play Overwatch that this is going to change. At some point, they're going to release something that's going to resonate and people are going to be over the moon about it. This won't last forever, especially for a massive game like Overwatch. It's a free-to-play title. The barrier of entry has been completely removed for this, so people are able to obviously play this at their own uh, at their own peril, shall we say? It, they could, even if they play it for an hour or 100 hours, um, an install is obviously going to go against the numbers of people playing it that month, the number of installs that month and things like that. So yeah, the, the ultimate goal of this is obviously to try and get this back over to positive. I have seen a lot of people streaming it and enjoying the game for what it is. Overwatch being, uh, especially at an esports level, if you are interested in watching any kind of esports, I know quite a lot of you guys aren't that interested in watching any kind of esports events. Um, but as someone who hosts them, I kind of have to. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of them that are much better than others and Overwatch is a very, very good watch especially if you have a team that have great comms that know what they're doing that know how to use the car uh, the characters well enough it's a fantastic watch and i i do implore you guys that and obviously cs are my two favorite esports uh to watch because it just it heavily relies on teams like you watch things like uh the eFootball open or you watch the the fifa premier league stuff it's all individual stuff now if they brought pro clubs into it like a pro club scene or a 3v3 like the the eFootball pro stuff that adds a completely different element to it because you're not relying on your skills you're relying on people around you as well knowing what you're going to do or how you can support them or are you going to play this through ball or have you got the, a, a good healer that knows exactly when to be heal, heal you at the right time to give your tank much more DPS going through and surviving a little bit longer to potentially take out another two of one of their uh, one of their teams stuff like that changes the landscape of how we play esports rather than it just being a 1v1 situation 1v1s are cool but when you get a team involved as well and you're all on the same wavelength, it, it, it's a joy to watch stuff like that. So that's what Overwatch brings. That's what I enjoy watching, especially with the likes of CS as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what more, how they get over this because Overwatch is such a behemoth that it's... The, the corner's just there. They just need to go around it. The, the corner's not too far away. It's 50 feet. They can turn that corner quite easily, in my opinion. Um, but we'll just see how they actually end up doing it. Um, Tito says, also, uh, sorry, Ad says, imagine being mad at a start screen. And Tito says, I studied media at college. I had to analyze many films opening sequences, and you'd be surprised how many of them are uh, analogs, uh, sorry, an analogous of the movies and narrative. See, I did media in college as well, and there was always a film that we ended up having to watch like three times called like Run, Lola, Run or something like that. It was like a French film. Um, we was looking at cult films, so that's what ours was. It was like a Clockwork Orange, Run, Lola, Run, and there was another one as well that I... I can't remember what it is. It was a long time ago. I'm 32 now. How old was I? 16, 17. So yeah, it's a hell of a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I understand like... There's a lot of films that people will probably spend 10 to 15 minutes watching, especially like TV series. If the first episode of a series doesn't hook you, then the chances are gone. But stuff like The Walking Dead, uh, Breaking Bad, um, those, those are, in my opinion, they're like slow burners. You have to get through like the first three four episodes and then you're like, oh my God, I'm 100% in now. Um, 
so it's, it is difficult. I understand the whole never judge a book by its cover, but I get it. I, I absolutely get it. Why would you want to invest like 30 hours of your time into something that you think isn't grabbing you straight off the bat? I mean, it's, it's deeply depression nowadays though, because you can't watch a TV episodes like you do. You guys tonight, try and watch something without picking your phone up. It's impossible. You try and watch 45 minutes of a football match. The, the Arsenal match tonight, for instance. Try and watch 45 minutes, of it, uh, 45 minutes of it without picking your phone up. If you're watching a TV show tonight, if it's an hour long, put your, fo- put your phone next to you and don't pick it up for an hour. I can guarantee pretty much every single person is going to fail on that. Our, genuinely, since social media has come about, our attention to detail, our attention span is non-existent, which is obviously where the Vine thing came in. Seven seconds worth of a video, catch your attention. That's translated over to TikTok. That's translated over to Instagram Reels. That's translated over to Facebook Shorts, YouTube Shorts, all of this stuff. Like Our attention span is in the mud, which is, again, bringing it back to this kind of podcast, the fact that your guys' watch time on this channel is ridiculous. Like I don't know what we're doing to keep you guys watching on a consistent basis. Uh, but I appreciate it because the watch time on our podcasts, whether or not you're listening on Spotify or whatever it is, your watch time on this podcast is through the roof. And I do appreciate all of that stuff. Uh, so Phony says, watch five, five minutes of Arsenal. I'd rather eat my own feet. Fair. I mean, it is, it is usually end up watching sit like this. Oh God. Why have I just done that? That is how I usually watch City because it's just mind-blowing stuff, jaw on the floor kind of things, and I don't understand why I've just done that. So, apologies. Uh, COVID and working from home ruined my concentrate. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's, our concentration levels nowadays aren't anywhere as good as they used to be, and that is entirely our own fault. We're, we're definitely not touching grass enough, in my humble opinion. Um, I'm throwing myself into that conversation as well. Like my attention span is still relatively there. It's just not what it used to be. Um, it's definitely more than seven seconds, put it that way. Uh, but our last story of the day is coming at you hard and it's a banker. Written on VGC by Tom Ivan, he goes on to say that Tencent is bringing back military FPS series Delta Force. Now this, my friends, is an old blast from the past. So strap yourselves in. Written by Tom Ivan, he says a teaser trailer for the new game has been released ahead of a full reveal at Gamescom. Uh, so now defunct uh, Delta Force creator Nova Logic re- uh, released a nine, uh, sorry, nine series entries between 1998's original and 2009's Delta Force Extreme 2, but it went out of business in 2016 when its assets were acquired by THQ Nordic. Tencent has released a teaser trailer for the new series entry, which is viewable below ahead of its full reveal at Gamescom opening night live on the 22nd of August, which is tomorrow night. There's going to be no watch along. I do apologize. Um, but as far as I'm aware there isn't going to be a watch long because there's only me here so this is the trailer I'm going to keep it this small I would usually zoom in but we keep on getting demonetized for this stuff so I apologize can I make it we'll make it 1080 let's start it from the beginning hopefully it's not going to be too loud for you guys as well This looks men. Yeah, that looks class. I like that kind of stuff. Not too sure about the recombo and arrow 
in my opinion. I don't feel like that kind of suits the vibe. That definitely feels a bit more Overwatchy type of thing. Um, or like in Fortnite, where you're able to get the the recon, um, the recon gun. Feels a bit out of place, but anyway, we'll sound off. Uh, producer Shadow Gua, Shadow Duo, Shadow Go. Oh, I'm not too sure about that. Told IGN that the game will feature a campaign mode based on the Ridley Scott movie Black Hawk Down. Amazing and large scale PvP multiplayer offering. Oh. Yes, this is this is the stuff that we're looking for, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, something to replace what we're currently seeing with Battlefield. Uh, so players will be able to experience authentic and thrilling battles from the celebrated movie, he said, and our team has extensively studied the movie and delved into historical context respectfully. This dedicated research enabled us to recreate a truly authentic and immersive gaming experience that captures the essence of the monumental event. Um, our game designers chose to build an immersive multiplayer battleground that could accommodate even larger PvP than previous 32 player limit. To create a grand atmosphere of combat on ground, sea and air, we designed a variety of methods for engagement and maps that integrate diverse terrain features such as vertical height differences and caves, as well as different vehicle routes. We also create unique technologically advanced vehicles that players can use in the game, including assault vehicles, helicopters, armored vehicles, attack boats, terrain vehicles, jeeps, pickups, fighter jets, and drones, which is exactly what I feel like I'm doing now. These vehicles add to the gameplay experience of the large-scale PvP. Delta Force, who's in? This is uh, this is my kind of game. This is well, uh, a game that obviously uh, Delta Force way back in the day. What was the one that I called? Delta uh, play Delta Force PC. I don't think it was 1998. I remember the front cover. Um, it was uh, it was like yellowy. It was like a yellowy game. Delta Force PC cover art. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it. Oh, it was Della Force 2. That was it. It was Della Force 2. That's the one that I played. I think Shale's mentioned that before. Yeah, I remember it being a yellow cover um, with the Delta Force logo in it. Um, I didn't play the first one. It was the second one that I had. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. Like, the, the, the trailer's 30 seconds, you know what I mean? You can't see an awful lot from it. The recon stuff, I'm not a massive fan of that. Um, it, it feels more advanced warfare that than it does uh, Black Hawk Down uh, type era. So, yeah, I'm... Uh, if I was going to say anything about a Gamescom opening night live, this is probably the one to for you to be able to look out for. Um, large scale PvP stuff on uh, on multiplayer, that kind of stuff speaks to me. I know so we've seen this with Battlefield. I am a Battlefield fan. If I had my choice between them, I am a Battlefield through and through guy. The amount of time, I mean, I've ploughed so many hours into Call of Duty over the years, but when you get it, when you get it down to the 32 versus 32 or 64 v64 in Battlefield, oh, it's amazing. Especially if people, if people do the PTO, the play to play the objective, if you're capturing flags, you are moving through conquest and stuff like that. And you have someone on the team who's healing. You have someone that's giving more ammunition. You have someone who's taking the sniper role responsibly and stuff like that. And it's not a nice fluid game for you to be able to get involved with. That's the kind of shit that I love. That's the kind of stuff that I like to get behind. So more of that, please. And that, Oh, sorry. Uh, how old are you when, De when you played Delta Force 2? I reckon I was about 17. When did it come out? I remember having it on my very first PC. It was the home PC that we had in the house. And then from that, we had laptops. I was living around the corner from where I live now. So when did it come out? Delta Force 2. 
2001. So yeah, I probably would have been like, I don't, re- I don't reckon I played it on release because uh, it came out on the 23rd of March. So my birthday would have been towards the end of the year uh, in December time. So I'm guessing I probably would have been like 12. I would have been 12, I imagine. So yeah, that's the, that, yeah. I, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Uh, 2001 is later than what I remembered. The original Delta Force, when did that come out? Uh, let's have a look, just before we leave. When did it come out? 1998, so it came out on November 1st, 1998. I would have been seven then. I definitely wasn't playing this then. I don't think I had a PC in the house until maybe 1999, maybe 2000. I had consoles, we just didn't have PCs. I think my nan was the first person that got a PC. Um, and that that was probably like too far, like 98 or so. It definitely wasn't a gaming PC, though. I could run Championship Manager on it, but I would never be able to play something like this that actually required a graphics card. Um, I played Football Manager, uh, sorry, Championship Manager back in the day on my nan's uh, PC. But yeah, it wasn't until that we actually got a home PC at my house in like the very early 2000s, around 2000, yeah, I would have been able to play this. Um, but I remember it being amazing for the time it blew me head off. Like that's what you wanted. That's the, the, you don't really get that nowadays, do you? Um, you don't really get them kind of experiences. I'm thinking maybe late by night is maybe I'm getting confused with Delta Force 1. And um, well, I've just, because uh, of Google Delta Force, there was one that came out on the PlayStation 1. I definitely didn't play that. Um, I think my first, the first first person game that I played on PlayStation may have been Alien Trilogy, or it could have been Medal of Honor, the original Medal of Honor. Um, this Delta Force Urban Warfare came out on in two thousand and two on the PlayStation One. I definitely didn't play that. Um, hundred percent, I didn't play that. It looks, I tell you what though, it looks like it'll hold up. Well. You have a lone Delta Force operative. That's obviously because I couldn't get it all on there. Do you know what I mean? Um, but the, there was a, a video game series that I enjoyed way back when. And I've talked about it a lot on this podcast that I wish they'd bring back because I do think it would do extremely well this day and age. And that's SOCOM. I feel like back in the day when you had the headset and you could talk to your squad and you could tell them to bust through the door or to get behind the wall um, or stay where they are and stuff like that. That was way ahead of the time. And I feel like now if you're playing with four people, you have three three of your mates in there, you can have that kind of conversations with them without speaking to the computer. Um, and it would just be a much more fluid experience. And I do believe that SOCOM would do extremely well nowadays if there was to bring that back. So maybe, maybe that's on the cards later down the line. Who knows? Uh, Shale says yeah there was good games definitely ahead of their time um, but yeah um, I mean this is uh, <laughs> these podcasts talk about new games but we always end up going back to the classics we always end up going back to the it must be a, it must be a generational thing um, I, as I imagine like my 17 year old brother now what he's going through what he would be talking about in 13 years time uh, and how things was back in day um, but they've got it easy nowadays aren't the kids they've got it easy they don't even have to fucking leave the house for anything old man yells at cloud but anyway ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining me for today's episode of the scoop we will be back hopefully at some point during this week i'm aiming for wednesday but that all comes down to if i'm able to get all of the audio stuff in the studio sorted out if i can we'll see you on wednesday if not we'll definitely see you on friday as i will be back in my office 
that you're seeing here. But if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, we very much appreciate you for stopping by. If you are one of our regulars and you haven't hit the subscribe button, whether or not you are watching on YouTube, listening to this on podcast services around the world that include the likes of Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and I've I've bottled it now. I've genuinely bottled it. It's Amazon Music. That was the last one. I mean, it's available on all major social pla- uh, podcast pop platforms. It's just that we pick those out because they are the most popular. But you've got stuff like Podbay. Um, what are the other ones that I've been told that it's on? Uh, it's not in my list, but I've been told that they're on a load of other ones as well that I've never come across. Um, so yeah, you can listen to us on that. Rails five stars, we will very much appreciate it. But if you want to go back and read all of the news that I've been giving you today, but you actually physically want to read them, go into the description below. All the links that you require will be listed there below. But if you want to help shape our next show, there's two ways you can do so. First of all, first of all find us on social media. It is at Ice Cream Rolls across all major social media platforms or alternatively get involved with our Discord. All we need from you is a URL plus your false impressions. We will then give you our false impressions on the very next show at some point this week. I do implore you though to join our Discord because we do notify you as and when we are able to go live and if we don't, we'll let you know in advance uh, so you're not waiting around, you know, waiting for the notification uh, that never comes essentially. But do stick around, though. We'll send you over to one of our friends who is currently streaming. Um, it might be Wobbles. If he is still online, we'll send you over there and give him some love. Hopefully he's playing FIFA, and I swear to God, if he is losing, the baby curse continues. But until next time, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to host this part of podcast for you today. And as always, there's one thing that we want you to do, and that, my friends, is to stay frosty!